And uh, let's see. Uh, and then the Fourth of July comes up after right after camp. Yeah. Man, it's just bang, bang, bang. All right. And then we're going to be doing prayer for the nation uh, uh, July eighth this time instead of um, July third with yeah, first whatever day it falls on. Anyways, we're not going to do it on the holiday weekend, even though it's Independence Day and we're praying for the nation. Anyways, <laughs> right. Right, I know. We're we're coming back from camp, and that's why we, we postponed it for a week. But we are still going to pray for the nation at 8 a.m. on July 8th. All right. All right. So our meditation for this week is Romans 6, 8, verse 11. And it says, yep, all right. Chapter, I'm sorry. <laughs> right? All right, so our meditation for this week, our in him, is Romans 6, verses 8 through 11. All right, so now if we, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we sh- shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, and death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Boy, there's a lot to that. There's a lot to that. All right. So our confession is a little bit long, too. (laughs) All right. I am dead with Christ. I am dead with Christ. I now live with him. I now live with him. I know Christ was raised from the dead. I know Christ was raised from the dead. And that death no longer has dominion over him. And that death no longer has dominion over him. Christ died unto sin, but now lives unto God. Christ died unto sin, but now lives unto God. Therefore, Therefore, I now see myself dead to sin and alive unto God. I now see myself dead to sin and alive unto God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. <clears throat> I, would have, I would have said my Lord, but that's it. All right. All right. So our healing scripture for this week uh, is Exodus twenty three twenty five. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. All right. So confession, I serve the Lord my God. I serve the Lord my God. And he blesses my bread and my water. And he blesses my bread and my water. And he will take sickness away from the midst of me. And he will take sickness away from the midst of me. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. All right. Oh, okay. So there's typos on the board that I, that I can't see. All right. Oh, is that what you were talking about? Okay. Well, you can tell we all had too much fun yesterday, and that we're that we're still a little tired from that. And it's a rainy day too, so it's like, so it's like. 
I know, but I'm I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. I'd rather be here than taking a nap. <laughs> right? Yes, naps are in the future. All right. All right. Well, we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray to to start the service here. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for being here with us, and we thank you for the wonderful time we had yesterday. We know that you were there with us and that you were a witness among the witnesses, and that you saw their commitment in their heart, and that you will, that you will bless that commitment. Lord, we just thank you for being here with us, and we thank you for giving us the words that need to be spoken, the words that are just right for those that are here and for those listening online, that will help them to grow and become closer to you and to become true disciples of Jesus Christ. Lord, we just love you and we thank you. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, or destroy. We are forewarned and forearmed against you, and we will stand against you in Jesus' name. You must flee. All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the ability to rebuke the devourer in your name. Amen. Derek? Good morning, Disciples House. Let's do, let's, let's do our confession together. I, I am, am the, the image, image of, of God. God. I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am a new creation and a new creature. I am dead to the flesh, but I live in Christ. I am dead to sin, quickened to life, saved by grace. I am buried with Christ by baptism. I am raised from the dead with him. I walk in the newness of life. I am forgiven and redeemed. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created and ordained to do good works. I am justified by faith. I am chosen and I abide in Christ. I am truly and without blame. I am predestined for adoption. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer, and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as a king in this life. I can do all things in and through Christ. I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Jesus, I am here to meet with you. Every praise is to our God, every word of worship with one accord, every praise, 
every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God, every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God, glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise. It's to our God. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory, hallelujah, is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. God, my Savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer, yes, He is. Yes, He is, God, my Savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer. Yes, He is, yes, He is, yes, He is, yes, He is. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise, every praise, every praise, every praise, every praise is to our God. Yes, Lord, we praise you. Glory, glory unto your name. Glory, glory, glory. Lord, we are the ones called by your name. We humble ourselves now as we pray. Renouncing every sin and wicked way. We lift our voice, sing your praise Lord, send the rain, pour out your Spirit, let the fire fall, heal us one and all, 
fall fresh on me as we sing holy holy spirit let the fire fall heal us one and all fall fresh on me lord we are the ones called by your lord we are the ones called by your name ourselves now as we, we humble ourselves now as we, we pray in every sin and wicked we lift our voice sing your praise and say Lord send the rain pour out your spirit Let your fire fall, heal us one and all, fall fresh on me. Lord, send the rain, pour out your spirit. Let the fire fall, heal us one and all, fall fresh on me. As we sing holy. Holy Spirit, let the fire fall, heal us one and all, fall fresh on me. As we sing holy, Holy
Let the poor man say, I am rich in him. Let the lost man say, I am found in him. Oh, let the river flow. Oh, we praise you, Father God. Glory to you. Let the blind man say, I can see again. Let the dead man say, I am born again. Oh, let the river flow. Oh,
just welcome you in this place. We welcome you in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. 
tell us repeatedly how he had 40, hour, 40 college hours in the 70s in theology, and therefore he knew God very well. Now, he read his Bible, and he went to church periodically uh, after that, um, but it was very sporadic. Uh, no, the Bible says that we're to continually stay with God, that we've Amen. got to continually stay. That word baptized means to dip uh, continually, to dip continually. And we, in, in our modern language and our modern understanding, have very much so uh, really minimized baptism, uh, truly. I mean, I've taught on baptism many times over the, Michael and I have, many times over the last 20 years. But this time when I dug into it, man, it just, I mean, the Lord just showed me something I'd never seen about it before. Uh, and it means to dip repeatedly. And uh, we can be dipped. You know, of course, there's an initial, you know, when you're dry and you're crusty, when, you know, if you think about a piece of material that, that maybe you want to die and change and bring life back to it, how about you know, it might be a little crusty, it might be a little stained, it might look a little worn, stiff, uh, might be stiff, but then when you put it through the dying process, it makes it brand new and something totally different. Uh, you know, and that's what being born again does for the non-believer is it makes them uh, something totally different. But in order to stay new, how much do you know things don't stay new unless you continually refresh them? Unless you continually refresh them. Well, I don't know what's with my sleeve. It's been tied twice already today. Let's try this a third time. Make oh, it a nice, nice, nice tight one. It'll make me crazy all week. Uh, how much you know if you get a new car, you know, when you get a new car, they go through, even if you get a used car from a, from a dealer, they, uh, they go in and they, they vacuum it and they shampoo it and they put all that smelly stuff in there to make it smell all fresh and new. How much you know that doesn't last real long? In fact, to kind of get that feeling back again, what do you got to do? You got to have the detailer come in, rather that's you or somebody else, and they've got to vacuum and shampoo and and spray all that smelly good stuff again, and then it feels like, oh, my car feels new again. Well, how much more should we, the believer, continually dip ourselves in the things of God? Yeah, right. yeah. don't let it get dirty, exactly. first of all. Keep it clean. Uh, how much you know it's a whole lot easier to clean the car regularly than it is to go all year long and then decide to clean it? Because then you're like, oh, man, where did that come from? Ah, I thought there was a smell in here. You know, no, it's better to stay on top of it. And that's what baptism is, is staying clean, is the process of keeping yourself clean. Um, you know, and so we know that there's being born again, which is being baptized in the living water of Christ um, and, and becoming uh, all new, having your spirit come alive onto God. We talked a lot about that. Uh, and then we talked about water baptism, which is what uh, six of our people did yesterday some of them aren't here to be with us this morning uh but you know what they still got baptized <laughs> and uh, they're still living for god and uh thank god for that and uh but you know water baptism as y'all much figured out yesterday uh other than you get uh wet and maybe some water up your nose uh, it don't do a whole lot for your christian walk other than it gives you a point of contact to say this is the moment, this is the day that I declared publicly that I'm going to start, that I'm going to live 
uh, like Jesus is on the inside, and I'm going to begin to show him on the outside. Um, that's, that's what water baptism is for, is it's a public declaration uh, that you've received Jesus on the inside, and now you're going to work to make him show up on the outside. Um, and it's good to have that point of contact. It's good to have, in fact, we gave all of our people certificates that got baptized uh, that they could hang on their wall or whatever so that they could be reminded regularly, hey, you've made a commitment. Because sometimes walking the Christian life is not always easy. Uh, and sometimes the world gets over on you and, and schedules get busy and it's real easy to forget and check your Jesus at the door. But, at the door. but we should never check our Jesus at the door. Um, and one way, and, and, the re, and what's going to help us to not check Jesus at the door is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, and and uh, Jesus, as I was studying this and I was reading this, I figured out that Jesus, um, he, you know, he told his disciples, he said, it's, ex- it's expedient for you that I go. He actually, told, he actually told his disciples, he said, it's actually expedient for you that I go. Why? So that I can ask the Father to send the Comforter. Jesus said, yeah, I'm good, and, and, I, and I am God, and I am of God, and I'm from God, and the only way to heaven is through me. He said, but it's more important for you that you have the Holy Spirit with you than it is for you to have me with you. Did you ever think about that? Did you ever think about that? Jesus said it was more important for the believers to have the Holy Ghost with them than it was for the believers to have Jesus with them. Why? Because Jesus operated on the earth as a man, and he operated as one person, and he operated with the Holy Ghost on him. He said, but when I send the Holy Ghost, he said the Holy Ghost is actually going to come and live on the inside of you, and he's gonna bapt- you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire, you know, what fire, you know what that means? The anointing of God. Do you know what the anointing is? The anointing is the power and ability of God on the inside of you. Amen. That's what the anointing is. And the anointing in the Old Testament was reserved for only the kings and governors and only for the prophets and the priests. But in the New Testament covenant, thank God... The, every born-again believer can have a measure of the anointing, the fire of the Holy Ghost, on the inside to lead them and guide them and teach them and help them. And, and, and honestly, though, it's still reserved for the kings and the, and the prophets. That's true. Because we are all called to be kings and prophets or that's queens right. or and priests. Pro- that's or priests, right. yes. The priests, that's right. You may not be called to be a New Testament prophet, but you are called to be a... Uh, a priest of Jesus Christ, a minister, an ambassador of Jesus Christ, absolutely. I want you to turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Um, and I want you to see some things here. Uh, John chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 10. Uh, Jesus had gone to the well, and there was the woman at the well, and she was, and he asked the woman to give him a drink, and... Uh, and uh, he said, or the Samaritan woman, and Jesus said to her, give me to drink in verse 7. Uh, and for his, um, and then um, the Samaritan woman was like, you know, basically she was like, uh, why do you want me, a Samaritan, knowing he was a Jew, to serve you water? 
And he was trying to get her attention. And look at what he says, look at what he says to her in verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. So Jesus, he, so she's at the well, you know, and, 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 you know, think about this. They live in the desert, and so he's at the well. So they know that the well's in the desert. Guess what? That's the place of life. That's the place of life. And so he's there. He's sitting there waiting for this, for this woman to come, and, and she comes, and she's a Samaritan. So technically she's not uh, legally available to, ha- to receive from Christ yet. Uh, because Christ had not yet died for her, but yet uh, he looked at her and said, you know, hey, give me some water, and she was like, I got my own stuff to do. And he said, listen, if you understood the gift of God, if you understood the gift of God, you would ask me, because he was the one asking her for water, you would ask me to give you water instead. And he said, and look at what he said. He said he would give her what? Living Living water. water. What is this living water? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Ghost. Go to chapter 7. Go to chapter 7. We don't realize it, uh, but John talks a lot about the Holy Ghost. I mean, John talks a lot about the Holy Ghost. Look here in... um, Let's so let's pick up in verse thirty five. John seven thirty five. All right. Then then said the Jews among themselves, Whither will he go that we shall not find him? Will he go into the dispersed or into the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? What manner of saying is this that he said, Ye shall seek me and shall not find me? And where am I? Thither ye cannot come. So Jesus was telling them, I'm getting ready to go. Jesus was telling them, I'm getting ready to leave out of here. I'm getting ready to check out. And they're like, where's he going to go? What's he going to do? Where's he going to go? And uh, they just told, they so didn't understand it. But look at what verse 37. Oh, they didn't understand it, but look at verse 37. In the last day. What day are we living in? The last day. The last day. The last day. That's right. So what period of time is he talking about? Now. Now. He's talking about now. In the last day. That great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now, he was at the Jewish feast. It was on the last day of the feast. But he was. But this was a precursor. The last day. The last day. Now, remember, a feast in under Jewish, under the Jewish uh language or jewish law we should say when they said feast they didn't mean a meal we've gotten it wrong christians (laughs) we say hey let us go to the house and feast it doesn't mean let us go to the house and eat it means let us go to the house and commune with god let us have fellowship with god that's what it means it means let us have some holy time with god so on this last day of this jewish feast when they're having holy time with god Jesus stands up. How much you know the Jews are about to have a problem? Because Jesus stands up and he says, If any man thirst, let him come on to me. me. 
wait a minute, we're here to meet with God and you want us to come on to you? And Jesus said, yeah, don't only come on to me, but come and drink. Drink. Uh, Now, he's not talking about drinking physically. But they didn't understand that. Look at verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of your where? Your belly. Out of your belly. Out of your belly. Now, is he talking about your stomach and your intestines? No. No. He's talking about out of your spirit. We understand from the scriptures and we understand uh, from our experience that the spirit is down on the inside of us. It's on the inside. And so what he said is he said, if you'll come and you'll drink, in other words, if you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and just receive it, that's how... Well, I've heard people say, and that used to confuse me. People would say, well, just drink, just just take a drink, just take a drink of the Holy Ghost. And people, and, and I just said, what do you mean take a drink? What do you mean take a drink? Receive, receive, receive. Yesterday at the baptism, one of the young people that were getting baptized, her grandmother was there. And uh, I was talking to her, spent a little bit of time talking to her. And uh, she was telling me that she needed healing. She said, I need to be healed. And I said, well, honey, I said, you're already healed. And she said, excuse me? I said, I take it, I said, from our conversation, I said, I take it from our conversation that you are, um, that you're born again, that you've received Jesus as the Lord of your life. And she said, oh, yes, oh, yes. And I said, so you know that you're heaven bound. Oh, yes, oh, yes, I know I'm heaven bound. I am. Jesus is my Lord. Absolutely. I said, Okay. I said, so you know Romans 10, 9, I said, you know, I said, it says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth uh, that the Lord, Je- uh, the Lord Jesus and that uh, he uh, died and rose again, she said, yeah, I know that, that you shall be saved. She said, yeah, I know that. I said, well, guess what? That word saved in the original Greek means you were made completely whole spiritually, means you were saved and heaven bound, but you were also completely healed and made whole Mentally, physically, and emotionally, you've already been healed. And she said, I have been? And I said, yes, honey, you're already healed. You're already the healed of the Lord. I said, God doesn't want you sick. She said, no, God doesn't want me sick. I said, no, God doesn't want you sick. And said, in fact, when Jesus saved you, Jesus healed you. She said, he did? And I said, he did. I said, how did you get saved? And she said, well... I I said, she said, well, and I said, what'd you do? And she said, well, I prayed. I said, what'd you pray? She said, I prayed for Jesus. And I said, and you received him, right? She said, yeah. I said, then just like you received salvation, receive your healing. And she said, it's that simple? I said, it's that simple. She slapped her leg. She said, we need this. We need somebody that'll just talk plain to us. So we'll praise Jesus. It's just that simple. Well, guess what? Receiving the Holy Ghost is just as simple. Just receive. Father, I receive all that the Holy Ghost has for me. Amen. And I understand I'm looking in the congregation today, and I understand I'm talking to the congregation. I'm talking to the choir. But do you know that you can receive the Holy Ghost every day? Amen. You can receive the Holy Ghost multiple times a day. You need to. In fact, if you're feeling a little dry, you need to just go ahead and receive the Holy Ghost. Yep. Why? Because you leak the Holy Ghost. You leak. 
You're a, you're a, you're a leaking vessel. Every, every, you know, the world dumps their junk on you. Well, you need to jump the Holy Ghost on top of them on all that junk. And let's just let the Holy Ghost wash it out. Why? Out of your belly, out of your spirit will flow living water. But here's the trick. It only flows if you allow it. It only flows if you allow it. It only flows if you allow it. If you don't allow the Holy Ghost to flow, he's not going to flow. You ever go you ever go on vacation and turn the water off? Have you ever gone somewhere the water's been turned off and you turn the water back on? What happens when the water's been, or the power's gone off and the water kind of drains back down and then it's got to fill back up? How much do you know the pipes knock around a little bit? There gets air in the lines, right? And it's kind of <coughs> And then when the water first starts coming out, especially if it's been off for a while, how many of you know that water's a little brown? A little dirty, got some settlement into it. It might even smell a little funky. Well, how much do you know? If you don't allow the river of the Holy Ghost to flow, your spirit will get stagnant. Your spirit will get stagnant. And that's why you have to rebaptize. And that's why you have to redunk into the Word of God. And that's why you have to redunk into, into praise and worship. Listen, stop listening to worldly music. Wow, Holy Ghost, where'd we just go there? Stop listening to worldly music. Stop it. The world wants everybody. Everybody says I don't understand what's wrong with the world. They're so mean. There's so much depression. There's so much fear. There's so much anxiety. They're so consumed with sexual activity. Stop listening to the devil's music. Stop it. Well, now you sound like those crazy people, Pastor. Well, you know what? Sometimes we need to. I remember being a kid, and I remember them doing interviews uh, with ministers uh, on the TV asking if, like, the music of these rock groups, ACDC and all these other ones, was really the devil's music. Let me go ahead and give you the answer. Yes. 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 If it's talking about fear, if it's talking about anxiety, if it's talking about mental disease, if it's talking about satisfying physical uh, desires, it's of the devil. And why is it of the devil? Wow, I didn't know we were talking about this today. I love this topic. Uh, why is it talking to why? Why? Because do you not know that Lucifer, who knows what Lucifer's, don't you answer. I know you know the answer and you know the answer. Y'all both us. What was Lucifer's job in heaven? Huh? He was the chief musician. Did you know that? He was the head of heavenly. Huh? He was the head of. Listen, he was the head of praise and worship in heaven. Do you know that? He was the head of praise and worship in heaven. So here all Christians go, well, I'm having an emotional day. Let me turn on uh, the devil's worship music and see if that won't make me feel better. Stop it. Go get you some David Ingalls. Oh, pastor. Go get you, come on, go get you some uh, Keith Moore music. Come on, go, no. You need to grow your spirit. Come on, come on. I'm so excited, Miss Cindy Black. She's got all her music available now on all the, uh, I got her on my, on my Amazon music now. I love that. Listen. She's on iTunes now, too. Listen, 
Go get you some spirit-filled music. Yes, your flesh is going to cringe. It'll be all right. It needs to die a little. Uh, and let your spirit grow. Let the spirit grow. Listen, that... Stupid song. The things that I'm... This is on Christian radio. The things that I'm afraid of are afraid of you. That's the title of a Christian song. The things that I'm afraid of are afraid of you, Jesus. Well, why are you busy being afraid of anything? Jesus isn't the author of fear. Well, I'm a nobody just trying to reach a somebody. No, you are a somebody. You're a saint. You're a saint. Come on. Well, Lord, just bless me. Forget it, Lord. I'm not concerned about getting you to bless me. The Bible's very clear. If I'll be obedient to the word, the blessing will automatically come. I don't have to sing, plead, and beg for you to bless me. All I have to do is be a doer of the word. That's it. That's all I have to do. You don't believe me? Go to Deuteronomy 28. You mean there's no such thing as the Christian blues? No. <laughs> Deuteronomy 28. We're talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yes, we are. No, we are. Deuteronomy 28. Almost there. <clears throat> Come on. Yes. Where do you want to start? Well, let's start in verse 1 and get to verse 8. All right. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently, or listen diligently, or carefully, to the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I commanded thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee, and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. Okay, he said it twice. Two times the Lord said it. What did he tell us to do? Hearken. He told us to hearken and to do. Yes. To hearken, which means hear it, and then do it. Yep. Those are our two jobs. Hear it, do it. Hear did, it, do it. Did he say then you'd have to beg me for it? No, let's no, keep going. No, he didn't say that. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed <laughs> shalt thou be in the field, and blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. And the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. Now let me just tell you right here. I'm going to stop right here. Let me tell you right here. Y'all need to stop getting upset when people come against you. You really need to stop getting upset when people come against you. When people give you an attitude, when people say, call you all manner names, when people say, oh, you're nothing but a fuddy-duddy, an old fart, or whatever. I'm talking for my age, people. You are people, you know, you're so boring. What do they call you? Fogey. An old fogey. What, that's, they don't call you an old fogey, do they? Good gravy. Oh, I'm sorry. You're so boring. You're so straight laced. You're so you're just you're just a Mr. Goody Two Shoes. I think the word listen, you're looking for might be listen. mid. What? I think the word you're th looking for might be mid. 
Mid? Yeah, mid. Mid? Is that the word today? Mid? Oh, you're mid. What is that? That's just not even, that's not even English. Come on. Look at this. Look. Look. Look at what he said. Look at what he said. He said the Lord will do what? Cause all thine enemies. Cause thine enemies to do what? That rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. These little punk people come get in your face. You need to just look at them and laugh. Uh You do. You just need to look (laughs) at them and laugh. Why? Because you've got insider information. What's your insider information? The Holy Ghost just marks them. The Holy Ghost just marked them. You know, uh. And how can you know that? Pastor Mike and I like these all, we, we, we like these military type shows and what have you and all that stuff, right? And you know, in the new, in, in the new age, they've got the laser tag things, you know, where they, where they, where they paint you, they mark you, or they mark their target with a paint, you know what I'm talking about? Help me out. They mark the they target. They paint their target with a laser. There you go. That's what he's talking, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. They mark the target with a laser, and then, and then what comes know. in after they mark it? Listen, after they mark it with the laser, what comes along later on? The rocket, the bullet, the the right, the thing that takes them out. Well, guess what? When you're when you're a Holy Ghost child of God, when you're a child of God, when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, when you're baptized in the living water of Christ, when you're walking in faith, when you're being obedient to the word, when you're doing what God tells you to do, and some punk comes up to you and gets in your face and begins to just be worldly and obnoxious, some demon uh, influenced person comes up against you, immediately you look at them and the Holy Spirit says, mark them. They're marked. They've been painted. They've been laser tagged. They've been fixed. I got this. Listen. So why get upset? Why get mad? Why get disjointed? Just look at them and smile. Why? Because you've got insider information that they've been marked as coming against God's chosen. And if they don't turn and if they don't repent and they don't get right, then, let the Lord, then what's the Lord going to do? He's going to smite them before your face. But listen. Huh? Uh, you know, you know what? I understand your... Now, now, for those that are online, she said, now, wait a minute. If they get right with God, then God lets them off the hook. You better hope that they do. Well, that's the way Jonah felt about it. That's true. That's how Jonah ended up. That, that thinking right there is how Jonah ended up in the whale. That's completely true. That's completely true. <laughs> but let me tell you. Let me, t- let me tell you this. I have a person. No, let me help you. No, let me help you. Let me help you. I learned this by the Holy Ghost. I learned this by the Holy Ghost because I had somebody that I worked with that was always coming against me, trying to get me in trouble with the bosses and all that. And the reason they were coming against me was because I loved Jesus and they didn't. And they were coming up against me. 
and the Holy Ghost inside. I'm talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm hoping to create a hunger in you for you to walk with the Holy Ghost like this. So I was, so I was working in the whole, and I mean, I was at this point, I was still dealing with my redheaded temper, and I wanted to just deal with them. And the Holy Ghost say, "Leave it alone. Let me handle it." And I'd walk all mumbling under my breath, "Well, Holy Ghost, you better make it something happen." Da, 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 da. Fussing, and here they come up against me again, and I'd start to and I'd start to to handle it myself. And on the inside, I'd hear the Holy Ghost say, "Leave it alone." I've marked them, and here I come again, and the Holy Ghost say, "Leave them alone." I marked them. Okay, Lord. Well, eventually, what happened? Let me tell you what happened. Eventually, eventually, this young this person uh, began to get very sick. Began to get very sick. This person actually began to have uncontrolled internal bleeding. Very, very, very sick. She got very, she began, she started to become very sick and was going to a lot of doctors and couldn't get things straight and couldn't get things right. And uh, she was headed for death's door, this person was. And, uh, and I realized uh, this sickness was coming on her because she was coming against me. And I said, uh, so, so then I went from, Lord, thank you for marking them, to Lord, uh, draw her to repentance. Draw her to repentance. So I, so because I, I, yeah, I wanted her to leave me alone. I didn't want her to die. But you know, God will take care of His children. And so I started praying for her, and uh, it wasn't long, and she got right with God. It wasn't long. She got right with God, and uh, I, I had left that job and, and ran into her sometime later. And, and all of a sudden, she was, uh, she was just so nice to me. She was so kind to me. She was so sweet to me. And, you know, and I'd say, you know, and I'd tell her, man, I'm praying for you. And she oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. And she did get healed. God did restore her. But listen, talking about the Holy Ghost, what I'm trying to teach you is when you've got the Holy Ghost on the inside, when you've got this baptism of the Holy Ghost, you've got one on the inside that will help you when you've got things that are coming up. And when the Holy Ghost says, leave it alone, leave it alone. When the Holy Ghost says they're marked, they're marked. When the Holy Ghost says, I've got this, he's got it. When he says, I've got a provision, he's got a provision. He does. He's got a provision every time. Uh, but you've got to learn how to walk with him, and you've got to learn how to let him flow. But I want to get down because I didn't get to this verse, but I wanted to stop right here. Stop letting your enemies... Stop letting your neighbors disrupt your life. Or control your feelings. Stop letting those around you disrupt your life. Begin to pray for them. Begin to speak over them in the name of Jesus. Listen, I'm helping people today. Listen, if you've got people in your neighborhood that are on drugs and alcohol and all of this, begin to look at their house and point to their house and say, Father, those that sit in darkness, Father, I thank you that they come to see and know great light. Father, I thank you that they come into the fullness of, the, uh, of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that they come to salvation in Christ. Begin to pray for them. Begin to believe for them. Begin to pray for them in the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost to pray them out of the, out of the pits of hell. Jesus gave us the Holy Ghost because we need him to help us pray. When we don't know what to pray anymore, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. This is what we need the Holy Ghost for. Our community is being overrun 
by drugs and alcohol and human trafficking and child abuse. How are we going to turn it? We're going to turn it through prayer in the Holy Ghost. Amen. But in order to get that prayer to turn this thing, we've got to get a deeper, fuller understanding of the Holy Ghost. I'm not preaching this to the choir today because y'all have already heard it and I just don't have anything else to preach to you. I'm preaching this to you because there's a deeper move of the Holy Ghost than you are operating in. You're not operating in the deepness and the fullness of the Holy Ghost that you need to be operating in. Because if you were, things would look very differently. Amen. Let's finish reading down to verse 8 here. So verse 8. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. What did it say? He said the Lord shall do what? Command, command the blessing upon you. Where is he going to command it to? In the storehouse. He said, the Lord shall cause the, oh, I'm sorry, the Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in the Storehouse. storehouses. Yes, the church, your local church is your storehouse, but so is your bank account. So is your bank account. Their storehouses was where they kept their surplus in that day. The storehouse was in their barns, in their businesses in their investments, in the local church. He's going to command it to come. He said, in all that thou, and in all that thou settest thy hand to. If you will set your hand to prayer, God will cause it to prosper. If you will set your hand to whatever God's called you to do, he will, he will cause that thing to produce and prosper for you. Uh, I was listening to Brother Randy, and he was talking about a minister friend of his that was working his way through Bible school and what have you. And he was he was actually coming from India, had to go to Canada, had to work a while in Canada in order to get a student visa to come to the U.S. And he was there in Canada working for a company, and he was serving the Lord, um, trying to get the money that he needed for him and his wife to come to America to go to Bible school, because when you come on a student visa, you're not allowed to work. So he was working for this company, and this company uh, came up against a situation, and they basically lost all their clients. They were going to close. Uh, but this, this young man, uh, who wasn't a minister at the time, he was just bold as a lion with the Lord. And so he went to his, and so there was this rumor all around the, the company that he worked at that they were all going to get laid off. And so he went to his bosses, and he told his bosses, he said, listen. He said, I understand that you may not believe this. He said, but I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And God got me this job at, the, at your company so that I could get the money that I need to, go, need to go to Bible school. So as long as I work for your company, your company will not go under. He, and he, he, he was so bold to say, my God will bless you, a non-believer, simply because I, a believer, work here and need this job. And do you know that company didn't go under? Not only did that company not go under, but that company's business actually increased. And then after he left and he was in Bible school, they, were, they, they had been in Bible school for some time and he was learning about the finances and what have you. And, and uh, they needed money to go 
they wanted to go home for Christmas, and they needed, I think it was $5,000. And at this point, this minister had learned how to, prior, while he was at Bible school, he and his wife and his child were practically starving to death because they didn't understand the ben, uh, that God wanted them to prosper. And he got a hold of the message. Uh, 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 that got, he, he got a hold of how to prosper with God. He actually locked himself in his bathroom in their, in their apartment, one bathroom, and it was a one-bathroom apartment. He told his wife, he said, I'm, locking my, I'm taking this book and this book and my Bible into the, into the bathroom, and I'm not coming out until I get a revelation of prosperity, and he was in there for a week. She, the, uh, his wife said to him, he, she's, she, uh, she said, well, where are we going to go to the bathroom? And he said, go to the neighbors. That's how desperate he was. And so she, that's what they did. And he was in that bathroom for a week straight studying and, and fasting and praying and believing God. And he came out of there. And he said, I got it, I got it, I got it. He said, all I got to do is believe and God will do it. And he said, I believe God for one U.S. dollar. And he uh and she said, oh, you're crazy, sent him out across the field and laying in a field full of, had some trash and debris in it, laying in the middle of the field, there was one brand new crisp U.S. dollar. He come flying back into the house and what have you. And so much time went by, and now he had gone from believing for a dollar to now he's able to believe for $5,000 so that they can go home to India. So he was believing to, for this $5,000 and... Um, and uh, he got a check. I don't remember if he got a phone call or a check from that company in Canada. And uh, But they basically reached out to him and said, because of when you worked for us back here and because of this, 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 and this, all of the employees are getting this bonus. And because, uh, because of your faith, our company has stayed in business. Uh, we're getting the, you're getting this money. Thank you so much. And, uh, and so he said, so they sent him a check for $5,000. Don't tell me that the word of God doesn't work. But see, he said the Lord will supply all of your needs, everything that you set your hand to. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord God hath given you. The Lord God has given us this community. Now, we have a job to do. We've got to pray for it through the Holy Spirit. But if we don't understand the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we're not going to get this land that we're supposed to have. Man, that was a lot to say to get us there. But it's uh -huh. okay. It's good word. Now, so I said that through saying that, uh, stop singing this song, Oh, Jesus, bless me, bless me, bless me. And start doing, 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 doing the word, and the blessing will automatically come. Stop begging for the blessing. Be a doer of the word and just be blessed. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to beg and plead for the Holy Ghost. There's many people, I have, I have ministered to many people and, and prayed for them to receive the Holy Ghost. And then they'll say something stupid to me like, well... I guess the Holy Ghost just isn't for me. I guess I'm just not meant to speak in other tongues. I guess I'm not supposed to operate in the gifts. No, God is no respecter of persons. Every person that believes receives. The, the problem is not on God's end. The problem is on your end. Now, let's go to...
Luke chapter 11. Well, actually, you're right here in John. Stay right here in John and slide on over to John. I said they were in Deuteronomy, but... Well, <laughs> well, slide on over to John uh, chapter 14. Okay. John 14. I'm going to teach you some things about the Holy Ghost. John 14. Uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's telling them that he's getting ready to go unto the Father... They're all distressed, and they're all upset, and they're all beside themselves. And Jesus proceeds to tell them, there's one coming after me. And the indication in the original Greek is that the one that is coming, because they're like, how much do you know? I'm going to take us back to our school days. Uh, or maybe even on the job. How much do you know? When you get a new teacher or you get a new boss, you're all like, oh, gosh, what are they going to be like? How are they going to be along to get? How are you going to get along with them? Like, how are you going to operate? Like, how are they? Like, do they have a sense of humor? Are they mean? Are they da 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 So how much do you know when Jesus said, I'm going to leave, there's another one coming, how much do you know the disciples had all the same fears? They had all the same fears. But Jesus wanted to comfort them, and Jesus wanted them to understand um, that the one that was coming was exactly like Jesus. He was an exact duplicate. So let's pick up right here in John 14. Uh, we know verses, we'll pick up right here in 12, verse 12. This is Jesus, and he's telling us that we can ask the Father uh, for things that we need, and he also tells us that uh, we can command things in Jesus' name. Uh, and, then, and then he begins to talk about the Holy Ghost. So let's read this stuff right. right here. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. What did he say? Who's doing the praying for the Holy Ghost? For the Jesus. comforter? Jesus. Jesus asked the Father God. And Jesus told the disciples, this is how, this is how confident Jesus is about the Father. He said, I'm going to ask the Father. Look at what he said. He said, I'm going to pray the Father, and he shall give. He didn't say, I'm going to ask Dad, and Dad might send you. He said, I'm going to ask the Father God, and God is going to do it. How much you know we need to take that mindset when it comes to our prayers? We should never say, if, if we know, if we, have the word on, if we have the word of God for something that we're believing for, if we're believing for healing and we can plainly see in the word that healing is for us, when we say, Father, I ask you for healing, we should never get, we should never question, will God heal? Jesus didn't question. Well, G well Father, I, I know the plan is to send the Holy Ghost, but maybe you're having an off, but maybe the day I ask, you know, maybe God's not in the right state of mind and maybe he won't. You ever been, remember being that kid? You're trying to figure out how to trying to figure out how to how to ask mom and dad 
for, for what you want, but you got to make sure they're in, that they're in the right state of mind. They're in a good mood. You know, they're in a good mood, and, and, and you don't want to ask when they're under pressure and they got too much going on. you gotta, you got to find that perfect timing, and you got to ask it just right, you know. Well, Jesus doesn't have to do that with the Father because the Father is not um, moved by his emotions like people are. He, he said, okay, God, Jesus said, went to the Father, and he said, Father, I know the plan was for me to go, and then the Holy Ghost is going to go. So, Father... I'm back. Now it's time for you to send the Holy Ghost. And God said, yep. Well, we need to be the same way when it comes to the Word of God. If we know, if, we're, if we can see, plainly see in the Word that God wants us healed, we can say, well, Father, I see in the Word plainly that you want me healed. I see plainly in the Word that you've already sent healing, that Jesus already carried the sickness for me, or Jesus already carried the disease for me. I Honestly, Lord, the truth is, is... um." I don't understand how that works, but it says plainly in your word that I was healed. So if I was healed, then I am healed. So, so Father, I just thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that I'm healed. Listen, if your healing that you're believing for manifested today, how happy and enthusiastic would you behave? Then you might as well go ahead and get excited because it's already been done. Stop waiting for it to show up. Go ahead and get excited, and the excited will get it to show up. You just got to have it. Well, I see in the word, you know, I just don't know that prosperity is for me. Uh, find the scripture that says, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Oh, well, it says right here, Lord, that because I'm in Christ, that you'll supply all of my needs. So guess what? Lord, I'll take it now. Thank you. Thank you. You don't have to question, will he make the money show up? He, he will. Now, there's some things we understand that God's not a counterfeiter and he can't rain the money down from heaven. Uh, so we, we've got some other things we've got to apply. But my point is, is Jesus did not question that the Father would send the comforter. Now, here's the other thing that he said. Not only was Jesus going to send the comforter, but the comforter was going to abide with you for how long? Ever. Forever. For all of eternity. The Holy Ghost is with you. The Holy Ghost is here. On the day of Pentecost, they had to wait. But the Holy Ghost has now been poured out. So guess what? We don't have to wait. All we have to do is say, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and filled. Just like that. Just Amen. that fast. Just that easy. Let's read a little bit more. All right. Verse 17. Even the Spirit of Truth. Whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall also, or live also. And that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. And he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Now isn't this interesting? He's talking to you about sending the Holy Ghost. And right in the middle of, sending, of saying, hey, I want, I'm going to send the Comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. By the way, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. There's a direct connection between your ability to keep the commandments 
and having the Holy Ghost on the inside. It's because, why? Because the Holy Ghost is like an umpire on the inside. It's like the Holy Ghost is like a, a, is like a judge on the inside. And the Holy Ghost on the inside, when you learn to recognize his presence continually, the Holy Ghost will say, mm, don't go over there. Mm, don't buy that product. Um, mm, don't buy that. He'll even, I mean, he'll even tell you, don't buy that car, buy that car. Uh, Lord, they look exactly the same. Yep, but that one's got mechanical issues. That one doesn't. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost will tell you that. He will. He'll say, you, you'll say, well, Lord, I think I'm going to drive, um, go around the back way to home today. And the Lord will say, no, don't do that. Why? Yeah. He'll say, no, don't go that way. And then later you find out there was a really bad accident that day. Or maybe you don't, maybe you don't see the reason at all. Well, it's probably because you didn't go that way. There wasn't a really bad accident. The Holy Ghost will tell you. The Holy Ghost will tell you when you're getting up and rushing out because somebody's headed to the hospital. The Holy Ghost will tell you. Grab your sweatshirt. Grab your tennis shoes. Grab your socks. Grab your shampoo and your conditioner. Uh, and, a cha- and two days of, under, of undergarment changes. Holy Ghost, I'm just going to go sit with some kids. Guess what? Didn't listen. Should have. Ended up having to go buy it all. Yep. They, yeah, and he did. He told me to take my hair dryer too. I said, Lord, I ain't got time to pack all that stuff. He said, I'm telling you, pack it. And didn't do it. He'll tell you, grab their umbrella. Grab your raincoat. Come on, grab it. Nope, nope, I'm going. Listen, the Holy Ghost knows everything. He knows your future better than you know your past. But we tend to put the Holy Ghost on the shelf until we come into church and sing a, oh, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And then we go, ooh, Holy Spirit, there you are. No. You should have him with you all the time. Amen. He needs to be with you all the time. All the time. You need to be listening to him all the time. Let's keep reading. All right. Verse 22. Judas, Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord... How is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Now listen. Check this out. He said, he said how, how are you going to be with us and not in the world? And Jesus started talking what sounds like nonsense to everybody. He said, he's, he's so funny. He said, well, if any man loves me, he'll keep, my, he'll keep my words. Listen, just because some, I'll teach you something. Just because somebody says, I'm a Christian, doesn't mean that they know Jesus. Just because somebody says, oh yeah, I'm a believer, doesn't mean that they believe in Jesus. Uh, or, that, or maybe they believe in Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. Jesus very plainly says right here, If a man loves me, he will keep my words. Very plainly. So, you know, there's times I, I come across a little harsh because I'm like, Well, according to your lifestyle, you don't look like you love Jesus. Now, that may seem mean, but am I saying anything than the, other than what Jesus said? No. No. But it's amazing to me, he said, and my father will love him, and we, 
we, notice it says we, will come on to him and what? And make our abode with, with him. him. See, God doesn't want you to be, just, he doesn't want to just be with you in the church house. He wants to be with you everywhere you go. He wants to be involved in everything that you do. And we've got to learn to keep God with us in everything that we do. This is why we cannot. Listen, you've got to quit attempting to check your Jesus at the door. You can't check your Jesus at the door. I mean, what are you going to do? Walk to the door and they say, excuse me, uh, living water in my belly. Can you get out and stand right here while I go in? That doesn't work. Huh? Yeah. It doesn't work. You can't do that. See, the, the world wants to separate you from your Jesus. And you can't be separated from your Jesus. The world wants to separate us from our Holy Ghost, and we can't. We can't be separated from our Holy Ghost. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is the one that makes us able to, to follow the commandments. He makes us able. He makes us able to do it. Um, I tell you guys time and time again, Miss Ann and Miss Linda go into the detention center. And for years, those people were, were told, Oh, just, just get born again. Just get born again. Just memorize your scriptures. Just get born again. Those, those uh, criminals, inmates, detainees, whatever word you want to use, they're criminals, could quote the Bible better than most ministers that came in the door. But it did nothing for their life. Nothing for their life. Thank God. God got a hold of Miss Ann and Miss Linda and started sending them in there to these women. And these women are getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. And even though some of them are going to prison, they're going to prison with the Holy Ghost, and they're going, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to make it. I've got God on the inside. I'm praying in the Spirit. God's leading me. I'm turning. I'm changing. And some of them are getting shorter sentences because God's working in them. But see, there's two different, there's two different walks with Christ. There's, I've received him as Savior, and I know scriptures, and there's no freedom, or there's, all there is is a hope for a better future, or there's the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there's the baptism of water, there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I mean, I'm sorry, there's the baptism of the new birth, the water baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit, and continually submerging yourself in the Word of God that brings a change to your life. So that you can now begin to walk like Jesus walked. Let's keep going. All right. Verse 24. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost... Whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. What? Who is the Comforter? The Holy Ghost. According to the Scriptures, who's the Comforter? The Holy Ghost. According to the Scriptures, who's the Comforter? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. 
Now look at the next verse. He said, my peace will I give unto you. Right? He said, I won't leave you comfortless or peaceless, right? He's, he's going to leave it with you. He, said, give it he you. said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give, to, give unto you. What is God's, what is Jesus' peace? So. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. It's amazing to me. I was, I was shocked and amazed how many people in the jail said, oh, man, that's my favorite verse. But yet they didn't know who the Holy Ghost was. They didn't know who the Holy Ghost was. The peace of God is the Holy Ghost. Well, I just can't get settled. I just can't get my emotions in check. Spend some time with the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. My anxiety is through the roof. I have sensory overload. Pray in the Holy Ghost. That's the peace. It's not a peace that the world has. It's a peace that's only available by God. It's only a peace that can come from God. Peace in the Holy Ghost. Are you okay? You going to make it? Sensory overload? That's where, oh my gosh, the world's just too much for me to handle. I think I'm going to melt and need a, I need a puppy to go pet and a coloring box to go color or something. I don't know. Sensory overload is what these people, what these young people, these people that can't cope, that's what they're talking about. I can't cope. Mental breakdowns. There you go. That's what it is. It is. It is. Mental, emotional, just overwhelmed. I'm just overwhelmed. I can't handle it anymore. I'm overwhelmed. I can't handle it anymore. Well, if you're overwhelmed and you can't handle it anymore, come out of the world and get in the presence of the Holy Ghost. Do you hear me? If you can't handle the stress, pray in the Holy Ghost. You're on your job and your job is monotonous and you're ready to quit, start praying in the Holy Ghost. You're in class and the students are getting on your nerves, pray in the Holy Ghost. You're driving in traffic and somebody, somebody cuts you off, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the Holy Ghost helps you. Your family's got a bunch of drama going on and you don't know how to help them, pray in the Holy Ghost. You get a bad report that somebody's emergency going to the hospital, pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You've got to learn to pray in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because this is how Jesus taught us to pray. Go to Luke chapter 11. Come on, Luke, where's you at? We covered this in part last week. Is this where I need to be, Luke 11? Yes. Luke 11, verses uh, right here in verse 1, uh, the disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. The verse 2 and 3 is what we affectionately call in the Christian world the Lord's Prayer. Part of it. Uh, and uh, we were taught in denominational churches that we needed to memorize this thing and say it all the time. But then I got to read, you know, I got to read my Bible, and you know what Jesus said? Jesus said not to get into rote prayers. In other words, don't pray the same prayer over and over and over and over again. Well, if Jesus said, well, pray this, and then Jesus said, but don't pray rote prayers, then Jesus is a walking contradiction. 
So obviously, we, we know Jesus isn't a walking contradiction, so obviously we've got something wrong. Well, what we've got wrong is that this is not a prayer to pray. This is a blueprint for how to pray. This is a blueprint for how to pray. What's he say? Yeah, the disciples didn't ask him what to pray. They they asked him to teach them to pray. Teach us to pray. How do we pray? And he said, oh, he said, when you pray, he said, number one, get the Father's attention. Call him by name. He said, our Father, which art in heaven. In other words, don't just say, don't listen. When you go to pray, don't go, oh, God. Because let me tell you what, even the little G gods respond to, oh, God. Think about it. Oh, God. Oh, the sun God, the cat dog, the cat God, the dog God, the God God, the frog God, and the rain God, and every other God all just went, yes. He said, our Father in heaven, Father of the Bible, Jehovah Jireh. Elohim, uh, um, Emmanuel, God with us, God of the Bible, hey God, one true God, Jehovah, the true one, the real one, God. Notice he said, our Father which art in heaven. Jesus was very specific. He said, I want to talk to the God that's in heaven. I don't want to talk to the God that's in hell. I want to talk to the God that's in heaven. He was very specific. I want to speak to the God in, hell, in heaven. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jesus was very specific. I want to talk to the God in heaven, not the God in hell. And then he said, hallowed be thy name. He gave him praise and he gave him worship. He gave him honor. Then he prayed, thy kingdom come. Lord, let your will be done on this earth. Lord, you know, Joey down the street really needs to know you. And I know it's your will for him to be saved. So, Father, I pray that you send laborers in his path. How much do you know you're praying for the kingdom of God to come? Yeah. It's a blueprint. Yes. Every situation that comes to your mind that your friends and your family are dealing with, pray that God's, you know what God wants for them. God wants them saved. God wants them seated in a church under the pastor that God has assigned to them. He wants them paying their tithes and their offerings. He wants them being doers of the word. He wants them set free from the bondages of sin. He wants them healed. He wants them healed. He wants them whole. He wants them healthy. So whatever they need, ask God to provide that for them. Pray for them. Ask for that. Ask for that. Father, you're, pray for what God's will is. Uh, thy will be done as in heaven as it is on the earth. <laughs> he didn't say, Jesus didn't say, pray that the holy bus of the rapture would come take us away. There's so many people saying, Father, come quickly, come quickly. No. Jesus said, pray for heaven to come to the earth. Yep. Father, let, your he- let, let heaven come. Let, let heaven come to this place. Why does heaven need to come to this place if, God's the, if Father God is the God of this world? Wouldn't, wouldn't heaven already be here? Do you think about that? Everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy. Think about this. Why would, God, why would Jesus say, pray for heaven to be on the earth if God was the God of this world? He's not the God of this world. In fact, God can't do anything on this world unless somebody asks him to do it. So that's why, he, that's why he had Jesus teach us. 
pray that my will be done upon the earth. Yep. He said, pray for this. Then he, then he goes on and says, give us day by day our daily bread. So what, what, what are you asking for there? You're saying, Lord, lead me to the scriptures you would have me read today. Yeah. Lord, lead, you know, Lord, lead me to the word that you have for me today. The word that's just right and will lead me down the right path and give me the words that need to be spoken. And forgive us our sins. Repent. If there's anything you need to repent for, repent. Repenting is a daily choice. Now, does that mean that you should have something to repent every day? No, you should get to the point that you have to honestly go. Well, God, I could have read some more word today. (laughs) But you should honestly get to the point when you're like, I don't remember the last time that I actually had something I truly needed to repent for. Like, you know, I can't remember the last time that I purposely sinned. Well, yeah, Lord, I kind of lost my temper there the other day, and, and, and yeah, I, I, I need to make that adjustment, and I repent for that. But, like, uh, when was the last time you stole something? Hmm. When was the last time you murdered somebody's reputation? Hmm. When was the last time you had, you, you, you know, when was the, you should have to stop and think. It shouldn't be, oh, Lord, this is the part of the day where I repent. Let me get out my checklist. It shouldn't be that. No, it shouldn't be like that. He said, repent. Come on. All right. So forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Listen, this means, listen, this isn't just forgive forgive the person that cut you off in traffic. Forgive, forgive, you know, your spouse for getting a little sassy with you. You know, forgive the dog for pottying on the floor, whatever. You know, this is the big things and the little things. If you're holding, if you're holding, you know, listen, if you, if you, if somebody can mention somebody's name and that person can just, you hear that name and you go, you, you might need to, you might need to work on a little forgiveness there. You might need to, you know, work on these things. So Jesus is giving us a blueprint on how to pray. But, And, uh, of course, you know, don't lead, uh, and lead us not in temptation. Do you know it's your job to keep yourself out of temptation? Really what he means here is, Father, if anything should come along that should tempt me, help me to surpass it. Help me not to fall into that temptation. It doesn't mean, well, Lord, um, don't let anything come my way. No, it means help me to overcome whatever comes my way. That's really what it means. And then, of course, um, he said, and deliver us out of evil. How much you know the enemy's trying to take you out every day? So, Father, we thank you that you deliver us out of the hands of Satan. Father, we thank you that you've given us the authority to rebuke the devourer and, uh, because we're tithers and we're givers, and, and we've got uh, authority in the name of Christ. So, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that if there's any uh, traps that the devil has uh, set for us that, we'll, uh, that you'll lead us to avoid them. And then one of the prayers that Brother Randy used to pray all the time, and I think he still does to some degree, is he, is he, he likes to pray it this way. Father, help me to not do anything stupid today. Help me to not do anything stupid today. And if prayer. I do do something stupid today, have a provision already prepared to get me out of it. This is a blueprint for prayer, but he doesn't stop talking about how to pray. The whole next section is about, is about getting the Holy Ghost, 
so that you can pray. Let's read this. And he said unto them, which of you, and we all know the and means also. That's right. Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. So he's, the friend he's talking about here is his father. Yeah, that, he, father that, that even though he's not happy with you asking because you should have been prepared, he's still going to give to you because you need. That's right. And, he's, and, and all you have to do is ask, and it's going to be given. Right. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. See, God's always always going to provide for you. He's always going to look out for you. It doesn't matter if, if, if you have been running the wrong direction for quite, a, quite some time. Squirrel. <laughs> but here's the deal on this. He's still talking about, and yes, this is true that God's going to provide for you, but what he's talking about is God's telling you, you have one other way that you need to pray. And he's telling you that you need to be able to pray this other way, because, not because of the Father God, but because, simply because of your need. There's things that you need that you don't know how to pray about that God's going to give you another way to pray. There's things that you need to pray out that you don't even know that you need to pray out. So God's going to give you a way to pray those things out. If you are going to, listen, i got a whole bunch of single people in the house. How are you going to pray for your spouse if you don't even understand marriage because you've never been married? Really? How are, you going to, how are you going to pray for the mate that's right for you if you don't know what you need in a mate? True. Think and, about and that. who does? If you don't know what you need, you might think that you need a mate that's good at this, this, and this, but you might, but I guarantee you when, after you get married, you'll find out, Wow, I actually needed my mate for this, this, and this. But how did you? How were you going to pray for that? You had no clue. How are you going to pray for the perfect job? You don't know what the perfect job is. How are you going to pray for it? How are you going to pray for divine protection on the highway when you don't know what's coming down the highway? See, Jesus, you have to understand, the giving of the Holy Ghost is not, God doesn't give you the Holy Ghost because of your righteousness. God doesn't give you the Holy Ghost because... Well, the Holy Ghost was sitting up in heaven and said, Wow, I think I want to go to the earth. God, make a purpose for me. He didn't do that. Why would the Holy Ghost want to come? Who, the whole, think about this. The Holy Ghost, who is eternal, he's ever existing, and yet he said, You know, I think I want to divide myself into a million billion pieces, into several billion pieces, and put a little part of myself in all these human vessels that are improper, and honestly, they don't listen to me most of the time. Like, why would I, like, why would I want to, like, why in the world would the Holy Ghost do that? Like, oh, gee, oh, Father God, yes, please, please, yes, let me do that. No, the Holy Ghost isn't going to do that. 
No, the Father God sent the Holy Ghost. He, 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 he sent the Holy Ghost to help you and I to walk in what God created us to walk in. He didn't send us the Holy Ghost so we could go, eh, uh, is it really for me? Uh, well, yeah, Holy Ghost, I want you to lead me, but only when I want you to. Holy Ghost, I want you to lead me and correct when I put my eyes on, except for when I want to go watch that movie, because that looks really entertaining. Holy Ghost, I want you to go with me. Oh, but don't say anything about that unbeliever that I want to hook up with, because That's what the Holy Ghost wants to know. Right? I love it. She said, have you ever thought about the Holy Ghost thoughts while you're going through life with them? Yes, I have. And let me tell you, he gets grieved. The Holy Ghost gets grieved. In fact, the Bible tells you not to grieve the Holy Ghost. Yep. He says, don't grieve the Holy Ghost. Why? Because he's trying to help you live in the fullness of God. And so God, so what all of this is about, Jesus, listen. The Father God said, here's the deal. Here's what you all have to understand. The Holy Ghost was not given to us because the Holy Ghost needs us. The Holy Ghost was given because we need the Holy Ghost. Absolutely. Did you hear me? Hello? Did you hear me? The Holy Ghost was not given because he needs us. The Holy Ghost was given because you need him. Did you catch that? He need, you need the Holy Ghost. Not, yeah, definitely not the other way around. Oh, my goodness. We need the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Let's keep reading. All right. Verse 10. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will you give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? The only, only thing you have to do to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost is ask. 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 Any person that has received Jesus Christ as Savior, not even Lord, but just Savior, if they've received Jesus Christ, then all they have to do is then receive the Holy Ghost. And guess what? They get the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. For what purpose? What was the purpose of the, of the chapter? Teaching you to pray. We receive the Holy Ghost for the purpose of prayer. The purpose of the Holy Ghost is for us to pray. That's, that's the reason. That's the reason. What is prayer? Prayer is communication with God. We, God gives us the Holy Ghost so that we can communicate spirit to spirit with the Father God. Spirit to spirit with the Father God. And yet, we've been given this very special red phone hotline to the Father God, and most Christians refuse to use it. It's like it's sitting on the desk. You know, I, I grew up in the age when the phone was attached to the wall. 
and it was either it was either actually attached to the wall or in the corner of the house there was this very special table and you know what the table was called it was called the phone table and the purpose of the phone table was so that you could sit at the table and you could talk on the phone and you could commune with your family and friends that's what it was for and 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 I was even in you know and when I was a kid uh, such a thing as call waiting that didn't come out till I was a teenager so so your time on the phone was very limited because somebody might be calling with something more important than what you've got going on and so you could only be on the phone for a very limited time you got on you took care of business you got off we tend to te- treat the Holy Ghost like this the Holy Ghost is sitting on the table in the corner of our life and we only go to the Holy Ghost phone table when it's a real emergency when we're real desperate when we're oh we're so broken we don't know what to do then we go to the Holy Ghost table and we get on the phone with the Holy Ghost and we pray and we talk to God if we remember how to use the phone and and then uh, the Holy Ghost comes in and God fixes everything and then we go whoo okay God and we go right back to our life and we forget to pray in the Holy Ghost you should pray in the Holy Ghost every single day multiple times a day every day multiple times a day if you are diligent to pray the Lord's Prayer daily you should be diligent to spend just as much time praying in the Holy Ghost bare minimum bare minimum I want you to go to Matthew chapter 7 Matthew chapter 7 now this is the sister verse to what we just read or sister chapter really sister verses now Matthew chapter 7 is amazing to me because Matthew chapter 7 even the sinners know the verse the first verse in in chapter 7 verse 1 even the sinners know this verse judge not least you be judged but that's all they know Judge not, least you be judged. And then Jesus goes on, and for the sake of time, I'm just going to summarize, but Jesus goes on and he basically says, uh, if you judge rather somebody's worthy of heaven or hell, the Father God's going to judge you with the same judgment that you judge them with. So be careful how you judge people. And then he tells them... Because let's, fa- let's face it, none of us is worthy without Jesus. That's right. So if, he's gonna, if you're judging somebody whether they're worthy of, of, of heaven or hell... God's going to look at you and look past what Jesus did for you and say, is he worthy of heaven or hell? Based on your measuring stick. So he says, in fact, he says, instead of worrying about if people are worthy of heaven or hell or not, why don't you worry about the sin in your own life? Stop picking on this person's sin. How much you know Christians do that? Christians go, well, Sally down there, she's got a sin. You know, she's over, she's a gossip. And she's meddling in everybody's business. and She's doing this and she's doing that. Well, you're gossiping about Sally. Why don't you take care of your own gossip issue? You know, and so Jesus was saying, take care of your own sin before you deal with the with sin that somebody else has. And then the most amazing thing happens. So incredibly cool. So he's telling them how to take care of their own sin in their own life. And uh, let's just pick up right here in verse 5. And let's see what happens. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not 
that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again to rend you. Now we under, we understand that we say that all the time. No, don't don't you know don't go preaching to people that can't receive it. Don't go telling people what the scripture says because they'll just trample it underfoot and they will. But isn't this interesting? He says he says give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Now would you think the baptism of the Holy Ghost would be something holy? I would think so. You would think so, right? Seems like it should be. I mean, the word holy is in there, Holy Ghost. Baptism of the Holy Ghost seems like that would be holy, right? Now, look at what the very next verse says. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Doesn't that sound like what we just read in Luke about the Holy Ghost? Yep. Isn't that interesting? Of course, Isn't it also says they have to ask, seek, and uh, knock. Yeah. Well, you, you, however you come, rather you come asking, rather you come seeking, rather you come knocking, he's going to give you the gift. Isn't this interesting that the very same words are recorded right here when it comes to giving something holy or not giving something holy to the dog and dealing with sin? Yeah, it is. It's very interesting. Let's keep reading a little bit more. All right. Verse 9. Or what man is there of you whom, if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. So Jesus is talking about the same thing. If you'll ask the Father for the Holy Ghost, he'll give you the Holy Ghost. He doesn't pour it out right here, but he gives the same. He's talking about the same thing. We know he's talking about this because this is exactly how he presented the Holy Ghost in the book of Luke. So why would he give, why in the middle of saying, don't give that which is holy onto the dogs, which will tread it under uh, they're, they're just going to tread it on their feet and just turn it around against you and then start talking about the Holy Ghost and receiving the Holy Ghost. It's because God doesn't give the Holy Ghost to you because of your righteousness. He doesn't give you the Holy Ghost because you're living clean. I can, I can testify to this because I received the Holy Ghost while I was, yes, I was born again, but yet I had not gotten this out of my life yet the Holy Ghost is a free gift to help you get the sin out of your life the Holy Ghost is not a mark listen to me somebody baptized in the Holy Ghost somebody that may have a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or have a moment of discerning of spirits or that has the ability to speak in tongues or has the ability to prophesy or somebody that has the ability to uh, operate in the gift of faith and the gift of healings and the giftings of workings of miracles does not mean that they are living clean. God gave them that ability because they asked for it so that God could help them to clean their life. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is another baptism experience to help you to be able to live according to the word of God. 
The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a baptism that comes simply because you're living clean. May I share your, you know where I'm going. Okay. So at one point in time, Jackie had received the, she'd been, she'd been born again. She got baptized in the Holy Ghost. She spoke in other tongues. She was in our youth group, and then she went out into the world. And she got into every manner of sin you could imagine. She was even, she was even uh, operating in the gift of prophecy. She was. Uh, then she got off into the world. And, uh, I, and, I was, and I'm talking about in the world. I'm talking in the world into deep sin. And I was riding with her in the car one day, um, or she was riding with me in the car, I should say, uh, in the car one day, and I, and I verified. I said, I, said to the, I said to her, I said, Jackie, I said, do you not know? I said, you've seen in the scriptures. I've, watched you, I've walked you through the scriptures. I said, you know where God says that if you're a drunkard, you don't make heaven. She said, yes. I said, you know that witchcraft, that deals with dealing with drugs and intoxicants. She said, yes. I said, you know, in the scripture it says that if you deal with those things, if that's your habitual habit, that you don't make heaven. She said, yes. I said, you know that the Bible says that if you're a habitual partier, you don't make heaven. She said, yes. I said, you know that if you're involved in homosexuality, you don't make heaven, correct? She said, yes. And I went down through the list. And I said... And you're involved in all of these things, correct? And she said, yes. And I said, so you mean to tell me that down on the inside, you know that you know that you know that you're still set for heaven? These were her words. She said, yes, Pastor Robbie, because I can still pray in tongues. And I said, praying in tongues is not a guarantee that you're heaven bound. I said, that was a gift just because you've thrown away the gift of salvation and you haven't thrown away the gift of the baptism of the Holy Ghost doesn't mean you're heaven bound. And she said, I don't know that that's true. Well, let's, let's continue to read Matthew chapter 7. Let's read. All right. So verse 9. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. That was verse 14. Matthew seven fourteen. He just read it. So Jesus immediately goes from talking about not judging people, dealing with a sin in your own life. By the way, if you need help from the Father God, he'll give it to you. He goes straight into, and then he said, and, then, and, and, and now mind you, he put that little verse in there about don't give things that are holy to the dogs or to the swine because they're going to tread it underfoot and they're going to turn it and they're going to rend you with it. They're going to injure you with the very gift that you gave them. 
And then he begins to talk about getting the, and then he begins to talk about the Holy Ghost. And then he goes on and he starts to talk about treating people well. And then he goes on and he talks about finding the gate to heaven. And that that path is very narrow. And the road to destruction is very wide. Now look at what he keeps, now, now pay attention to that. Because he's going to teach us something. And I'm teaching you something that you, that you don't understand and you don't know. I'm actually giving you the meat of the word. So if you can hold on there for me for just a few more minutes, I really want you to see this. Because I have a house full of people that are filled with the Holy Ghost. But you don't understand the Holy Ghost like you ought to. Because the Holy Ghost is, is uh, wonderful. But many people mistreat him. And I want you to see this. Verse 15. Verse 15. Okay. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Now, those of you that are baptized in the Holy Ghost, you understand how the gifts operate. You understand how, the, how these things operate. Jesus is warning you that there will be wolves in sheep's clothing that will come with the gifts of the Holy Ghost in operation. And he's warning you, pay attention. These false prophets take the gift of God and they turn it and they rend it against the children of God. Because the children of God don't know how to pay attention. 16. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Isn't this interesting? He starts this chapter off with judge not. And now all of a sudden, he's telling us to judge. All of the sudden, Jesus is telling us to judge. What's he telling us to judge? He's telling us to look at the fruit, and he's telling you to look at the Christians. He's not telling you to judge the world. See, they were judging the world. Jesus says, uh, just because somebody says they're a Christian, you better look at their fruit. You better look at their fruit. This is a problem with online ministries. Now, listen, our ministry is online, but our focus is in-house. Our focus is not online. It's online for people that can't be in service. It's online for people that have never heard the message. And we live super transparently. And we encourage every person online to get in a church where they're home. And they can see the fruit of the pastor that they sit under. Amen. But a lot of these people that people are listening to online, you all you see is what they want you to see. And you cannot see their fruit. If you cannot see their fruit, you better take the word that they put out there with a grain of salt. You bet you better say you better take it and say let me verify that with the Bible. Why? Because in this day and in this hour simply because people show themselves to say, "Yeah, I've got the Holy Ghost." Simply because somebody can give a word, simply because somebody has a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or a word of prophecy, simply because a sign or a wonder will take place does not mean that it's of God. It does not mean it. When this is why you've got to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost on the inside. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will tell you. This is why you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost will immediately tell you. 
that's not of me. I've been in services. The congregation's going wild. Woo! They're running and jumping and partying and, oh, Jesus is great, acting all drunk in the Holy Ghost. And my spirit on the inside said, nope, that ain't me. The spirit on the inside said, nope, that ain't nothing but emotion. Yep, that started with me, but I'm gone now. You better have this Holy Ghost so that you can discern things. Just because your friends, your classmates, your coworkers say, oh, yeah, I know the Holy Ghost, doesn't mean that they know Jesus. If their fruit doesn't produce, if, if the outside of their life, if their life doesn't look like Jesus Christ, you better take them with a grain of salt. You better keep them at a hand's distance. Watch what Jesus says. Verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You got people in your life that are working iniquity. Let me make that real simple. If you got people in your life that are sinning on purpose, you need to be a witness, but you need to not let them be an influence in your life. You need to be a witness. They don't need to be an influence in your life. Because Jesus said, these people that received my son as their savior, received the gift of my Holy Ghost, and yet still operate in sin, are in danger of hearing from me, depart from me, I never knew you. Now, that's not up to us to make that call, but it is up to us to decide how much influence we're going to allow them in our life. And that's what Jesus was talking about. And this is why you need the Holy Ghost. You don't need the Holy Ghost simply because you need a warm, fuzzy experience in church. You need the Holy Ghost because you need him to help you pray. Go to Romans chapter 8. Verse 26, Romans eight twenty-six. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit works with our spirit to bring the plan of God into, into our life. The Holy Spirit works with our spirit to provide us with protection. The Holy Spirit works with our spirit to, uh, to bring the things of God to pass. The Holy Spirit works with our spirit when we don't know how to pray. The Holy Spirit works with our spirit to help us to discern and to judge what we're seeing with our eyes and what we're hearing with our ears and what we're observing in our minds. The Holy Spirit helps our spirits to, uh, to know what is God and what is not God. Because there is an enemy out there that if he can take the things of God and twist it and turn it against the children of God, he will. 
So the Holy Spirit is for more than just a warm fuzzy at church. The Holy Spirit is for more than just a feel-good moment during praise and worship. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. The Holy Spirit is our, um, he's, he's our everything uh, and to, to, that helps us in this life. The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to help us walk upright. The Holy Spirit's the one that's going to help us to be a good witness for Jesus. The Holy Spirit's going to be the one that's going to say, go put the shopping cart back. And you know what? That's annoying, but you know what? It's a strong witness. See, she's worsening. She get what's it now? I guarantee you. Before you worked, before you worked in the grocery store, were you good about putting your buggy away? No, but you put it away now, don't you? Yeah, I guarantee you. The Holy Ghost is the one that says uh, when you say, you know, I don't need two cans of green beans, and you go, okay, I'm going to put one back. The Holy Ghost is the one that says, no, is that where you got that from? No. We'll take it back where you got it from. So then you get over there to the aisle where the green beans are, and you go, well, that's close enough, and you set it down, and you turn around, and the Holy Ghost goes, that's not where you got that from. You go halfway down the aisle, and you get around where the corn is, and you set it down, and you turn around and leave, and the Holy Ghost goes, is that the green beans? Listen, because this is what this is what training in the Holy Ghost is. The Holy Ghost is your spiritual teacher what did it say in john chapter 14 it said that the holy ghost will teach you all things the holy ghost will teach you how to be like jesus this is why once you are born again once you are water baptized you need the baptism of the holy ghost because it's the holy ghost that's going to help you to look and act and talk and behave like jesus that's what the holy ghost is for now, I know we kind of went around the mill here to get to this point, but I needed you to see that the Holy Ghost is not just given to you simply because you're holy and you're righteous. I, I've met people that are that way. Woo! I'm the righteousness of God. I speak in other tongues. Meanwhile, you're, you're dirty and you're filthy and, and you're just rude. No, speaking in tongues is not an evidence of your righteousness. The ability to speak in, in tongues is evidence that you need the Holy Ghost to help you look like Jesus. Did you catch that? The Holy Ghost is not given to you because you look like Jesus. The Holy Ghost is given to you because you need him to get you to look like Jesus. Yeah, I don't think y'all got that yet. The Holy Ghost is not, because, not given to you because you already look like Jesus. The Holy Ghost is given to you because you need him so that you can begin to look and act like Jesus. Amen. Just like the water baptism. It's a progressive work. But here's the deal. It's not, I, oh, I'm at church, man. I hope the Holy Ghost shows up. When you come into church, you should come into church with the Holy Ghost Amen. in tow. You're supposed to bring your supply. When, you, when, the, when the church assembles, we shouldn't have to be praying and pleading. Holy Ghost, show up. The Holy Ghost should already be in the house. Because you're supposed to be a carrier of the Holy Ghost. That's right. Carrier of the Holy Ghost. And I'm stopping right there. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We've got to be a carrier of the Holy Spirit, a carrier of him. 
Thank you. And, and by the way, the Holy Ghost is not a itself. It's a himself. He's a himself. He's the third part of the Trinity. He's as much God as God is God. He's as much God as Jesus is God. And we need to respect him better than we do. And yes, we need to think about what we're putting his eyes on, putting his ears on. Because what we're listening to, he's listening to. How much you know, the Holy Ghost just goes. You get in your car, you turn on that Satan music, and the Holy Ghost just goes, oh, please. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> no, put on some Jesus music. Put on some, put, on some, put on some spirit music. Put on some David Ingalls. Put on some um, Keith Moore. Put on some Cindy Black. Put on some of these old, you know, put on these, these old songs that, that are scriptural and talk about how awesome God is. I'm trying. Okay. You better pray. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for being here with us, Lord. We ask that you uh, bless us and that you help us to stand and to, and to carry this word forward and, and to meditate on it throughout the week and, so that we can get it down on the inside and we can start to, to see the purpose of the Holy Ghost and we can start to receive what the Holy Ghost has for us so that we can start to look more like you, Lord. Lord, we just... It's time to give unto your kingdom, Lord. And we, and we give with a generous heart because you gave so much unto us first. And you made us able to get the things that we have. And you made us able to work. And you, and, and you gave us the ability and the ideas and the thoughts and helped us to stand and to be bold enough to go out and get a job and to do things. Lord, we just want to give back into your kingdom. And we want to see your work done on earth as it is in heaven. So we give unto your kingdom for that purpose. And... Lord, we give with a generous heart, and we ask that you bless this offering, that it go further than we could ever ask, hope, or thank towards the doing of your work, and we ask that you bless us, that we can become a bigger blessing unto you and to your kingdom and your people, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. Father, we thank you. Angels, go and cause finances to come, cause our areas, uh, uh, everything we set our hand to to prosper. Father, we thank you that the blessing is commanded to us as we obey. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Your word is always true. Your word is always working. Amen. You may serve the people. Thank you, Father. We'll do prayer at 5 o'clock tonight. Uh, service at Healing School at 6. We thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father. Uh, traveling mercies for Miss Brooke and Miss Bridget and Brianna as they uh, travel to take Brianna over to Sierra. Well, Sarah and Ryan because they're coming halfway themselves. So we just pray for that. And Kathy and her family's coming home. They'll be home sometime around early afternoon, I think. Uh, so just continue to lift them up and.